everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the Great Old Ones Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and with me today... I'm the man from Lang, host of the Whisper in Darkness YouTube channel. I'm Innkeeper Vase Odin from the Twisted Tentacle Inn. And I'm Nathan Early from the Arkham Facebook group, Arkham Horror Card Game, Society of Lighthouse Keepers. And we have been blessed, you could say with a batch of spoilers for the Feast of Hemlock Vale. So thank you to FFG for the spoilers and the opportunity to present them to you. So without any further ado, let's get right into it. We are going to start things off with a Guardian card. This is Guided by Faith. It is a two-cost event with a willpower and uh, intellect skill icon, spirit, and blessed trait. Investigate. You may use your willpower instead of your intellect for this investigation before revealing chaos tokens for this test. Add two blessed tokens to the chaos bag. If a Bless or Elder Sign token is revealed during this skill test, discover one additional clue at your location. Thoughts about uh, Guided by Faith? Uh, well, I didn't realize that Faith did portrait art for FFG. <laughs> <laughs> I, I pose for that sometimes, yeah. It feels a little... I don't know, it feels a little clunky, I think. Like, there's a lot of steps to it. Right. Well, I mean, you add you add two bless tokens, and then you know, if you reveal a token, you get an extra clue. It's not terrible. That, that sounds like somebody who's a secretly a cultist would say. Like, do we really <laughs> need to add bless tokens to the back? <laughs> Man, we should skip that step. Because <laughs> you add. I mean, if you added a bunch of tokens already prior to playing this card, then there the likelihood of you pulling a token is pretty high because you have to pull it like in this one. You use the card, right? So. You're only going to get the extra clue if you pull a token. If this is the first time that you're adding Bless and Curse tokens, the chances of that happening are pretty slim. Depends on the scenario, too. Like, there are more tokens in certain scenarios than others. So this could be more useful in scenarios where the bag is a lot smaller. But it's it's basically a crapshoot, it feels like. I don't know. To some extent, yeah. Yeah. One of the keys is using willpower instead of, uh, you know, intellect. Yeah, that's a good point, Nathan, because Guardians have a lot of ways to boost their willpower, but not necessarily a lot of ways to boost their intellect. I think that's mostly what I would play it for, is to get, you know, to use that willpower, and then if I get the extra clue, then that's like gravy, you know? Mm -hmm. You're not playing it for for the potential to get the extra clue, because it's still random. I mean, Mateo could do it, right? Because Mateo could hey, like yo. get the Elder Sign whenever he wants. Yeah, fair. Yeah, so it'd be an automatic extra clue. So that's that's a good point. That's what makes Mateo great. Yeah. Uh, do you also notice that the the person depicted on the card is holding a cross in the same hand that Zoe Samaras is? I did not. Coincidence? That. It is fact. There's a big coincidence because there's two hands, and he's holding well, it most most hand. of the time. Yes, face. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a new spoiler all right everybody you know, you know that people have two question. hands the, the fact that nathan brought that up it's going to be a trivia question at some point um it might have been a trivia question in the past 
Uh, are we going to talk about the tentacles in the room on this one? Did, do you see the uh, the tentacles coming out of the water in the background? He has every right to be clutching that cross. I'm just saying. That's true, yeah. Yeah, if you look by the skill icons there, you can see them. I heard something. Mm-hmm. Is this in Venice? Yes, I think it is. Ooh. Some nice tie-in with some of the side scenarios, too. That's cool. Uh-huh. Other reason to play the card. Thematic. Mm-hmm. What do you yeah. think about this card, Man from Lang? Uh, it feels a little bit overcosted to me at two. Like uh, Vase was saying, it is a bit of a crapshoot. I think you're really playing this for the willpower, to use your willpower instead of your intellect for this investigation. Because if you're playing this for the first time and just adding two bless tokens, the odds that you're actually going to draw a bless or an elder sign is pretty slim. So discovering one additional clue at your location is going to be rare. If you're playing in multiplayer and you've got several people filling the bag, then obviously your chances of getting that additional clue are much, much higher. But I think most of the time you're basically paying two to get two blessed tokens and to use your willpower, which isn't bad by itself. I'm just not sure uh, which guardian would... uh, would like this although it does have spirit so of course somebody like calvin could play this blessed so father mateo can play it obviously there's uh sister mary is a guardian who's gonna who could play this if she wants to add more tokens to the bag so there are quite a few investigators who can pick this up but i think if you're just sort of playing your traditional i'm gonna kill stuff guardian you're probably not going to have the resources to play something like this. It reminds me a lot of scene of the crime in, in that regard. Like it, it fills a similar role or it's like the scene of the crime. It's like, there's probably going to be an enemy on a location at some point. So you're, you're more than likely going to trigger that to get an additional clue. Whereas this, you're playing it for a different, but slightly similar reason. I think in solo, it's not that bad, honestly, to pay two to, get two blessed tokens and potentially get like a plus two to an intellect. Like that's pretty good, I think. And there's, there's plenty of guardians now that do have higher willpower. So that's. Well, willpower tends to be one of the guardians higher, like it's willpower combat, right? They tend to Mm -hmm. have the highest. So I don't know how often you're really going to get a huge bump. It's probably of more interest to people who are sort of either off class guardians or some of the weirder investigators who can either trigger off of spirit or blessed mm-hmm. trait who might uh, might benefit more from it. What if this was what if this had two willpower pips? Do you think it'd be it's still recosted man from Lang? No, if it had two willpower icons, it's definitely better. But I agree. I mean that's the problem we've had with a lot of these cards is they end up with, you know, a willpower and an intellect or a willpower and a combat and yeah, I, I think if you're, I mean, it, de- it really depends on what type of guardian you're playing. If you're playing a traditional guardian who's using guns and stuff like that and weapons and is fighting, I don't think you're going to have the space for this. But if you're playing somebody like Sister Mary or Father Mateo or somebody who can really leverage those, you know, wants extra bless icons in the bag, bless tokens in the bag, then, you know, adding two and then possibly getting a little bit of a boost on your investigate test and then possibly getting a second clue out of the deal isn't that yeah. bad i i might be a little reluctant to play this early because i i'm 
probably want that extra clue, even though I think that's that's probably just the the cherry on top rather than the main reason you're playing this card. Yeah, I I think to the point on skill icons on a card like this is that blessed tokens I feel kind of take a similar role to skill skill icons, right? Where it's like you get a bless bless token and that gives you a a boost to your skill anyway. So I find that in blessed decks you don't really need a ton of skill icons because you're you're more relying on the boost from the bag than you are playing skill icons. Because you tend to take plays a Faustian bargain, and then you're like, "What?" Well, right before my my spell. <laughs> I mean, even at that point, it's like you yeah. know they kind of, they balance each other out, so it's it's not the end of the world really at at that point. I think it's pretty good. Any uh, final thoughts on Guided by Faith? No, other than maybe it's a card that I would put one copy of in a deck. I would never put two. Well, it's it's one of the things we've talked about on the reviews on this channel is quite a bit is sort of these utility cards have a tough time finding a home in a lot of decks and there's so much competition these days for for those event slots that it's uh harder for cards like this to find a home in in decks and so especially when you when it's competing against cards like scene of the crime but this is primarily going to be used if you're playing if you are playing a blessed deck so we haven't seen a whole lot of extra events for that type of deck so i think this might have an easier time finding a home in those decks and i would use it for if i played carnival of horrors absolutely it's too thematic not to and it's pretty good in that scenario too actually elephant in the room that we haven't mentioned is the return of the blessed card of the blessed cards i think that is something that we weren't sure if they were going to come back. And we did like the Bless and, and Curse mechanic as one of the best new mechanics for the game when they first were introduced. And I'm really glad that they're bringing it back, even though we all kind of feel this card is rather mediocre. It's really nice to see that they're expanding it and they're bringing back Bless and Curse. So those decks that were kind of set in stone now have a few more options. Yeah, primarily for this card, you're going to be looking at Guardians and survivors are going to be the ones interested in this and then of course you've got the the mateo decks and then i believe the new mystic investigator uh, also deals with the bless and curse mechanic so he may be uh, interested in this card as well the next card is another guardian card this is hold up it is a one cost event with a combat and agility skill icon tactic and trick traits Parlay, choose an enemy at your location and an item asset in your hand. Perform a fight action against the chosen enemy. If you succeed, instead of dealing damage, play the chosen asset, reducing its cost by each point you succeed by. Thoughts about uh, hold up? Uh, I'm pretty sure the guy in the art is a deep one. I mean, you cannot convince me otherwise. Just look at those beady eyes man he's got that insmith look about him there's also a decent chance he's crapped his pants <laughs> the insmith look <laughs> that's hilarious it's interesting but you think it's like just a bit niche i think so i mean cheating cards into play is it's pretty cool i mean there's obviously uh people who play rogues know a lot about cheating items into play and things like that but i feel like even though Guardians don't have a lot of cards that let you do that, again, this feels 
you have to take several steps just to cheat a card into play. You have to pay one, use a card in your hand, take a fight action, and then succeed by more than just zero in order to reduce the cost. So if you paid one for the event and succeed by one, you you can play the card for free. So you, you gain a little action economy, but you're not dealing damage. So you're not really gaining it. It's, it's so weird. <laughs> it's It's like... Feels it, like a lot of steps again. Yeah, it feels similar to Unearth the Ancients, where you do an investigation, and then depending on how much you succeed by, you can play an asset from your hand. It feels kind of similar to that. Except that Seekers get a lot more help in terms of boosting their intellect for investigation, right? Mm -hmm. I, feel, I feel like fight is generally something that's a little bit harder because enemies' fight values can be so varied. I mean, I could be wrong, but then also you're you're making this attack. I mean, you're performing a regular fight action. So as a as a seeker, when you're playing those cards, generally your your intellect is boosted by items and play and things like that. When you're performing a fight action as a as a guardian, usually you have a weapon, right? Mm -hmm. You're not performing a fight action just with your raw combat, and you generally don't have items in play that give you a permanent fight boost. So even though it's similar, I feel it's easier for the seekers because. They do get those permanent intellect boosts and things like that, whereas guardians generally don't. So that fight action is going to be a lot harder. Throw in the knife. Throw you the knife, you, you get the plus two, you no longer have the weapon, you get a better weapon. But you can't because you're using a parlay action, you're not using the knife ability. So No, don't are... don't ruin my idea, Base. Let's, let's <laughs> right? just walk it back. Um, it would be cool if you could do that. Then this card gains nah, a little right. more value. And yeah, now you're right, the parlay threw me. Do they get the clue with unearth the the unearth the ancients? Um, I think that's only with the upgraded version. You also get the clue. Yeah, this one uh, obviously the parlay action plays into what uh, the new rogue investigator Alessandra is is doing. I assume she'll be able to take parlay cards, so she could take this. I don't think you're really gaining a whole lot here because you've got to pay one resource. You're performing a basic fight action. You're not dealing any damage. And then you're reducing the cost of the item that you played by the amount that you succeed by. So you need to succeed by how much? At least one, because you're already paying one. Mm -hmm. So then you need to succeed by at least two before you're actually getting a discount on the item. And then anything after that depending on the fight value of the enemy and your ability to fight. I don't know. What's, what is, I can't remember Alessandra's stat line, but she probably doesn't have a huge fight value. I think it's all threes. I could be mistaken on that. So how is she going to succeed by two or three to get? She probably isn't, but I think one thing that we are sort of missing about this card is that it allows you to play an item when you're engaged with an enemy. Which that is, is important. You're not, and you you that. might be willing to pay a resource and an action for that. It's a really really good point, Nate. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah. Yeah, but again, this is one of those utility events, right? Like, what are you taking out of your events package to put this in your deck for that case where you're where you're concerned? Yeah. Like, especially for somebody like Alessandra who. She is a rogue. Presumably she can play Sleight of Hand, which is, I think, better than this card. Yeah, probably. But dedicated guardians don't really have that option. 
So if someone like Mark got into a bind and needed to get a weapon into play, this is really only one of the only options he has. It does have the tactic trait too, so at least you can put it on stick to the plan and you don't have to worry about it ever being stuck in your hand at an awkward time. Oh yeah. But man, you bring up such a good point, Nate, about not having to take an attack of opportunity if, if you need to bring a weapon out. But the only investigator that I've had that issue consistently with is Carolyn Fern, where I only have two weapons in the entire deck, so I'm sometimes caught mm. off guard and get engaged with a creature and I don't have a weapon in hand to deal with it, and she her evade value isn't very high. So I have to depend on events and things like that. And I might have the... Usually I just use the meat cleaver for her. So finally when I'll get it, I might, it might be like, oh, I'm already engaged with the creature and I don't know what to do with it. So this would come in handy there. But Carolyn Fern, the problem is her fight action, she's probably not going to succeed by a high amount. How does this interact with that? If I, if I don't succeed, then I don't play the card, right? I don't get to play mm -hmm. the card. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Like I haven't found like playing Mark, let's say you have a ton of weapons in that deck. You're most likely going to have a weapon out on turn one or turn two. So that's usually not going to be the case unless you're out of ammo or something. So I don't know It's who, who this is for. It's like Man from Lang was saying maybe it's just meant for that new rogue investigator. But um, I just don't see it for, for anyone else other than niche cases. Or like you said, stick to the plan. It's nice to have that ready to go in case of that rare instance happening with any other investigator. But in general... Guardians don't make as much money as rogues and, and some other investigators. Most guardians have around a four or a five, especially for like the the, the monocolor. So, I mean, if you're sitting at a four or five fight and you're broke and you've been wanting to play something, and like Nate said, you've got the parlay ability to bring it in mid combat, I mean, I think it could be fun to play with. I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily a dead card. There are situations where you need Dynamite Blast, but then there are also situations where you yeah. would never play Dynamite Blast. And I could definitely if see a, a situation where I would want a card like this. Especially because, like Nathan said, you know, Guardians don't have a lot of ways to get money. And yeah, you have Ever Vigilant, which is a great card. Like, don't get me wrong, but that only gets you basically through turn one. And then when you need to reload, that can that can suck. And if you can, like, find a Whippoorwill or some pesky little annoying rats. enemy that you can... Or, like, a swarm of rats or something, right? Where you can use this on, get your weapon out for, a you know, a bit of a discount. That's that's not too bad. That's uh, I was going to say the exact same thing, Nathan. That's a really good point. This card actually is better than I thought until, you, you know... When you said that, you opened my eyes to it. Because Guardians actually will probably use this not so much to cheat something into play but as a cost reduction tool, yeah. which I think actually could be really useful for Guardians who, like you said, are strapped for cash usually. And it is, we have been saying predominantly weapons, but it is items. So Wilson Richards, who is the new Guardian investigator, is all about items and tools and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so having something like this that he can bring in an item or tool mid-combat and reduce the, the price of it, I think it, it, it is an interesting card in that you can either use it to cheat something in while you're engaged or you're using it to try to reduce the cost of something. It's kind of hard for me to 
not knowing all the fight values and i mean it will depend on hemlock Vale as well to see like what the fight values of creatures are because if the fight values are too high then the chance of succeeding by x on this is going to be that much harder so you're not really going to be saving the resources i mean if you get this against a rats okay now you're now you're cooking but i think one other thing about this card too is that you don't have to be engaged with the enemy so if the enemy has a loof or something like that you can still like target the enemy with hold up or if it's engaged with another player true true you can use this if if the enemy is engaged with somebody else to to save yourself some some money as long as you can succeed by at least two because you've got to account for the one you're already spending on the it is also worth mentioning that this has the trick trait so somebody like uh, rita could take this and uh so you could maybe cheat your uh, track shoes into play a lot of possibilities it'd be fun to see what the community does with that The next card we're going to talk about is Pelt Shipment. It is an asset with no cost. We will get to that in a second. It has the item and supply trait. While Pelt Shipment is in your hand, your maximum hand size is reduced by 3. So if you have a typical hand size of 8, you'll be down to 5. If you happen to be playing somebody like, what's her name? Patrice. Patrice, your hand size will be down to 2 at that point. As a reaction, when the game ends or you resign, if Pelt Shipment is in your hand, reduce the experience cost of the next new card you purchase before the next scenario by one. So we have seen these types of uh, XP accelerator cards in, uh, in a few different classes at this point. I believe this is the first one for the survivors. The uh, card has no cost because you're not playing the card. It has no icons, so you're not you're not going to be committing this card to any skill tests per se. And so while it is in your hand, your hand size is down to five, and that includes the pelt shipment. So technically your hand size is four. And then once the game ends or you resign, you're gonna get a little bit of a a reduction on the next new card you purchase. Do survivors need a card like this? Most cases, probably not. I could see maybe some sort of Ashcan Pete deck using a card like this because he can pitch it whenever if he doesn't if he doesn't need it. Like if he draws it early in the game, he can pitch it to Ready Duke again. But you'd really have to be playing a lot of um, exile cards. Right to like justify the the need for the experience because a lot of survivor builds generally function with like nine to twelve experience. You really don't need a lot to get off the ground, but maybe some off class survivors might like something like this, like off class rogues. Maybe, maybe I don't know. It's this is a weird card. It's cool. Like I like what it's trying to do, which is like give you this sort of little sub game to play with yourself maybe i should rephrase that. <laughs> it is kind of a weird card to play with i see two things number one if you've got really small hands it's nice then you don't have to hold as many cards uh on a serious note 
could you not put it in a backpack and then use it strategically at the very end of a scenario where it's not really going to hamper you? That is solid. Because do that blew my mind. What? As if they're in your hand, but they don't count as in your hand. Yeah, I mean, the backpack is a freaking fantastic idea. <laughs> Other With than that, can you just imagine that? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be um, awesome. That would be amazing. The, I feel like the the cost of three card reduction of your hand size is pretty big for just That's a why one you just Play it at the end, right? Like yeah. right before you walk out and resign. It's really the only the only use case I can see for it, unless you happen to have some deck where you really don't need a big hand <laughs> of cards. Dark Horse, maybe, maybe Dark Horse, yeah, maybe. Or once you're set up, but now you're depending on when when you're going to draw it. Isn't there a card that lets you play stuff from your discard? Um, there's a card that Scrounge for Supplies lets you get a level zero card from your discard pile. Okay, so maybe that. So you could, could you, yeah, you could do something like that where you like, if you're playing Pete, you could like pitch it early and then scrounge for it later. Yeah, I mean, Survivorsful will do the same thing. I think if, mm. if you so have, survivors have, where... have to get rid of this, you could. I don't think this actually works with Patrice because she cycles her hands, so this is going to get dumped. So yeah. she'd have a reduced hand size or a turn for a turn, and then this card will go away. And it's a card you can't play per se, so it's just kind of. I just wonder about the whole the next new card you purchase. You mentioned exile cards, so if you're playing multiple copies of that exile card and you exile one of them but not the other, you wouldn't be able to purchase the exile card with that reason with that uh, XP since you already have that card in your deck. It's a lot of management for a one XP reduction. Yeah, but I'm, it's cool. I'm not entirely convinced that like a pure survivor needs something like this. Survivors tend to have the lowest amount of, or survivors tend to require the least amount of XP of of all the classes in my experience, and and so uh, not necessarily see myself playing this in a pure survivor deck. If if you could okay. work it into like a guardian deck or something like that, or any of the other classes that have higher xp requirements as long as you can sort of work around the hand size reduction that might be okay but uh yeah it is a def definitely a new take on uh on the xp uh booster from uh from what we have seen uh, in the past i mean essentially you're basically putting a dead card or two in your deck that do nothing for you for the entire game Unless you're playing somebody like Ashcan who can actually turn it into a resource that he can pitch to Ready Duke or something like that. Also, what William York can use his ability to go get a card. Is it just a survivor card out of the discard? I think it's any asset, right? Yeah, I believe it's any okay, asset. Okay, no, you're right. I was thinking of another ability that lets you get survivors specifically out of your discard, but that's something where if you had them in your discard, you wouldn't worry about them. And then towards the end of the scenario, you're like, okay, like grab that out. Kind of a, mm -hmm. another way of storing it without having to hold it. Yeah, or short supply. You could like pitch it with short supply in the beginning of the game too. That's another way. And then you just worry about recurring it later. Yeah, but as, as Man from Lang said, there's not a ton of really expensive survivor cards. 
uh, which reminds me of the meme I saw, I think, yesterday. It was like, yeah, I can buy fourth and fifth level survivor cards if there were any. And I don't think it actually works with the, if you're playing this sort of Madame LeBranche uh, Ashcan Pete deck, because you'll never have zero cards in your hands. You won't be able to draw a card with Madame LeBranche, which is. Final thoughts on uh, Pelt Shipment? I like what this card is doing, or at least what it's trying to do. Whether or not I play it, I don't know. But I really like that backpack idea, so I'm going to try that out. Yeah, I suspect if I pl- try to play a card like this, it's not going to be in in this in Survivors itself. It'll probably be in, a, in right. another class that can take level zero Survivor cards. That uh, I mean, there's also the uh, what's the Survivor card from Edge of the Earth where you dump all the cards into your discard pile right away? Is that sh- short supply? That's or? short supply. Yeah. Okay. As long as you can get this into your discard pile and let it sit there for a while, and then pull it back when the scenario is going to end, you're basically mitigating a lot of the the problems you're going to face. The final spoiler that we have for you today is Persistence. It is a skill that costs one experience point. It has a wild skill icon, the innate trait. You may commit Persistence to a skill test from your discard pile. If you do, shuffle it into your deck after this test ends. So the wording's a little weird on this one. I think they mean, like, if Persistence is in your discard pile, you can commit it to a skill test and then shuffle it into your deck. We've seen these types of cards before. Survivors have a whole suite of these. And uh, so what do you guys think about Persistence? I like this card. You know, I I tend to like skill-based decks. So a card like Grizzly Totem is pretty appealing to me a lot of the time. And having a card like this to be able to basically play Unexpected Courage from my discard pile is pretty cool. Again, on the Ashcan Pete side of things, you can pitch this to Ready Duke and then commit it to a skill test, which is... That's pretty cool. Outside of a way of being able to discard it, it's not very useful. But the fact that it has that utility to be able to, like, recur it and even to, like, slightly reshuffle your deck just to, like, maybe pad that weakness out for another turn might be helpful. Obviously, you've got the wild icon, so you can use it for whatever. And then if you have one or especially two of them in your discard or a clutch ability, that's cool. But I also like the concept that you said at the end, where if you're playing a scenario where you have to put something that you know is negative on the top of your deck or not useful, this card allows you to give yourself a better draw of something that you need in the clutch moment as well. It certainly has its uses, and you can commit it from your hand for the, you know, wild icon, and then again afterwards, after the test, to another mm-hmm. test. Uh, so it's almost like having two cards in your hand with a wild pip, which is pretty nice. I like it. Uh, I use, I'm like you, Nate. I love skill based decks. I would totally use this in pretty much most of them, at least, if I can find a spot for it. I think mm-hmm. it's a, I think it's a good card. The wild icon makes it really versatile, and then the fact that you can recur it like that's really cool. Yeah, it does have some use, and uh, I think the the skill based investigators like Minte Fan can get an extra icon on this. I think even if she commits it from the discard pile, I'd have to check that. But I think that's how that works. And then of course you've got uh, 
what's his name? I'm blanking on names this morning for some reason. The uh, the survivor skill based guy. Uh, Silas. Silas, who can commit this, bounce it to his hand, or send it to his discard pile, and then bring it back for a later test if if necessary. So. I think you could basically, if you drew an elder sign, you could commit like this to a test before you pull from the bag. And then if you drew an elder sign, you could commit another skill from your discard pile. And this would go to your deck and the other one would come back to your hand. And so there are uh, lots of, uh, I don't know how often you would see this multiple times per game. At, at but, least in solo, I don't. I tend not to draw through my decks all that often. So if you see this once, you may not see it again. Someone like Patrice could really use this. Yeah, I was gonna say this. She, this feels really good in Patrice. I bet she's gonna cycle. Yeah. She has two copies of this. She's cycling through this repeatedly, mm -hmm. and she's committing from the discard pile when she needs it. It's really good for Patrice. Yeah, Patrice uh, Min was a good example as well. Really, I think any investigator where you're considering short supply, that way at least if you pitch it off the short supply, you can use it at some point throughout the game. You get a use out of it in your discard pile, and if you draw it, great. And if not, then at least you still got a use out of it. Yeah, I, I like this card quite a bit. It feels appropriately costed at 1 XP as well. You know, at 0 XP, this card would be nuts, I think. But at 1, it feels appropriate. You know, any investigator that once skills has access to this for the most part it's also kind of neat in a way i mean this is a little bit of a edge case but the fact that you could have if you had two of them in your hand you have a plus two to any test followed by a plus two to any test on the second one so if you're looking for two tests in a row where you have a consistent bonus once again key enemy key ability have to get through a or whatever the case may be, you've got just have broad coverage for two tests in a row. Or um, you could use it in Mythos phase on a on a Mythos check, and then you could use it during your Investigator phase from your discard pile. That's cool too. Yeah, I guess it sort of begs the question. Uh, at least in Survivor, do you play this or do you play Unexpected Courage, or do you play both? You know, I think both is a reasonable choice, depending on the deck. But then you're not playing something like Gumption, which is which is really quite good. So, man, survivors have a lot of really great skills. I mean, it seems like each of the four cards that we just looked at are all decks that you would maybe either struggle to find quality cards to replace them with or specifically build around a certain character, right? Mm -hmm. None of these mm -hmm. are insta-includes. Yeah, uh, to Nathan's point specific characters unexpected courage bouncing back to your hand is not as good in a patrice deck whereas this one is right because you're going to discard at the end of your turn but this one it doesn't matter so yeah i mean you play both in maybe a different deck but not in patrice yeah. i think patrice mm -hmm. would play persistence yeah i'm definitely looking forward to playing this in a patrice deck this is uh pretty amazing in uh, in her build it's a really, really good card. I really like it. I think it's the best of the lot. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I think of the four cards, this one has me the most excited to play. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Of, of all the four cards we've seen, this is, this is one that I think will go in 
several different decks and you're not doing yourself any disfavors mm. while the other ones seem a little more a little more niche you know the f- guided by what was it guided by guided by faith faith you know you're looking at you know a blessed deck where you're trying to maybe get a little bit of a you know a, a an investigate test using willpower maybe snipe an extra clue hold up you're trying to get a little bit of a save a few resources while getting a weapon to play if you're potentially engaged with something pelt shipment you're basically stuck with it until the end of the game and it doesn't really do anything until you're upgrading cards this one basically is uh, probably the strongest just because there are really no limitations on it right yeah but i do think overall that these cards are pretty interesting as a lot some of them are definitely niche in their application but persistence at least seems pretty generally strong and i think it'll see play in plenty of decks yeah, I agree with Nate. Uh, thematically, they all are very well thought out. Like, they definitely put a lot of thought into how the mechanics play into the story that the card is portraying. Even something like Hold Up. I mean, if you really think about it, like, you catch someone in the act, and hold up a second, and then you're pulling out your handcuffs or whatever, so you're parlaying. All of, all of the mechanics are playing into the story on every single one of these cards. It's really, really cool to see how much thought was put into each one when you really think stop and think about it. So I really appreciate that. Even if we didn't care for some of the use cases of some of the cards, um, overall, they knocked it out of the park in terms of theme for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, each of them have provoked thought on how I would build them into decks. And, you know, I appreciate everybody's ideas because that kind of opened some more ideas. So yeah, no, I'm looking forward to playing them. this episode of the great old ones gaming podcast stay tuned for part two of our spoiler season i am sure you're gonna be excited for that one but until then i've been your host nate and with me today was i am the man from ling host of the whisper in darkness youtube channel i'm innkeeper vaisodin from the twisted tentacle and hey and this is nathan early coming at you live from portland oregon <laughs>